This is episode 18 of the TAP with Jeremy Vasquez. You guys ready? Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Think Alpha Project. As you guys know, this is a podcast, a conversation of success for minorities to break barriers today in health, wealth, business, relationships. And I'm your host, Valentine Ewudo. Pleased to have you guys on here week after week after week. It's such an honor. Uh, Make sure that you guys also check out YouTube because most of these videos are on video or most of these episodes are on video. So you guys get to check that out and see it as well if you're listening. Uh, But of course, you know, we like to keep it special. So these introductions that we always have are going to be audio only just for the podcast, because at the end of the day, this is definitely a podcast. But guess what month it is this month? It is Black History Month. So of course, you know, we have to take part. And today, this week, we have a special guest on a special episode by the name of Jeremy Vasquez. So Jeremy joins us this episode discussing the power that uplifting and empowering our communities can have on creating real change for the future. Okay, so Jeremy is an artist. He's an author, activist, and an educator living in San Francisco. Okay, he performs at community events, speaks at conferences and universities, And he teaches youth to overcome systemic racism through pretty much unconventional methods, such as like music, chanting, things like that. Now, he just had his wrote his second book just released um, new in in 2018 called Unshackled, which really highlights, you know, the issues affecting our community, communities of color and how to break through them. But what's special about this book is You know, he wrote it and published it in honor of his father who recently passed. So dealing with the passing of his father, which is interesting because at first he reveals in the episode that he didn't even feel connected to his father's passing. And of course, he talks more about that. But some other issues we talk about, you know, are issues affecting our communities. But most importantly, an incredible story on what he's done to spark powerful changes in our youth. And also how to empower others and affect change through our everyday lives. Once again, um, in order to pick up his book, make sure you guys check it out. Unshackled. Uh, you can go to the link thinkalpha.net forward slash unshackled. Um, that's U-N-S-H-A-C-K-L-E-D. All right. Make sure you guys get the book. Support our man, Jeremy. Um, this is my brother, my fraternity brother. Love him to death. I appreciate it. Without further ado, we're going to get right into this episode. So I bring to you guys, Jeremy Vasquez. All right, my brother. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the Think Alpha Project. Almost gripped you up right there. I got really happy. I just had to cover it up. Cover it up real quick, man. Dude, thank you for being on, man. I appreciate you being here. Man, yo, just just to be in the space, just to be back home in Los Angeles, just to be next to you again, my brother. Back 2008. Yeah, Ooh, for real. It's been for a real, real, real dude, youthful ten, still. Dude, ten years. Ten man. years in the game, yeah. Ten years ago, hey, ten years ago, we were we were locking arms. By locking arms, he means going through the journey of becoming better men. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> one, 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 nine. Oh, six. Dope, 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 dope. You gotta let the silence. Yes. Okay, so. Let's get right into it. So okay. we, I want to, I want to make sure that everybody knows about your book. This is Black History Month. This is, this is not even your first book. No, sir. Okay, so you've been writing. Yes, sir. You know, and now you have another addition to to the collection. Yes, sir. Unshackled. I want you to talk about it first. So, um, to put things in perspective, yep. um, my whole life I've been a writer. Writing was my way out. Everybody has their way out, or everybody has their coping mechanism. Mine was writing from a young age. Um, so when my father passed away, my father passed away on Labor Day, 2017, I remember being like, oh, well, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Hmm. I didn't know him. Like, when Prince died, it was a problem. Yeah. When Ali died, I was a wreck. 
When my dad died, I was like, okay. Well, I'm busy. I'm going to get on stage in a minute, so I'll call you back later. And my students, because I'm a live artist, I perform with my nonprofit, Basilia, and they looked at me like, are you cool? Are you going to be able to perform? I'm like, yo, put me in, coach. So I performed that night. Everything went as planned. And as weeks went by, as I was getting ready for his funeral, I still wasn't really, it wasn't like resonating yet. Right. It hadn't yeah. like reached in where I was like, oh, my heart. I was like, I didn't know, dude. So his funeral shouldn't really affect me, right? right. He wasn't there anyway. Right. So the day of the funeral, everyone's talking and I'm really listening and I'm like really receiving everything. And this guy stands up and he's like, yo, like to the son in the front, you didn't seem too affected today. And I'm not going to make any assumptions. But for the record, your father wanted to be in your life, but he felt he would do you better by staying out. The things he went through, some of the wow. things he struggled with, he didn't want you to see all that. So he thought, he rationalized, if I'm not anywhere in his life, he won't end up like me. So wow. it's a heavy mind shift, right? Perspective. So yeah. after wow. that, I'm a little, you know, now I'm trying to feel things a little bit more. And I'm 30. So I've been going 30 years strong, like not really thinking about nothing, not really trying to have no conversation. I made it on my own. I'm good, right? The day later, I'm in a lift. And the guy asked me, hey, how you doing today? You know when someone catches you at the right time? Mm-hmm. But those alligator tears was, <laughs> man, like, oh, he caught me. Oh, really? Everybody asked me how I was for two or three weeks. I'm fine. I'm Gucci. He asked me, didn't know me. He got every one of those crocodile tears for an entire ride to go get breakfast. I was sobbing. I was a mess. I was just snot. It was one of those ugly cries. It's not one of wow. those like, oh, let me help you out. It's like, oh, let me just uh, focus on driving. So when I got to the, the restaurant and I met with my friend, I couldn't even like turn him off. I went in the restaurant and they were still coming down and walking in public like, got shades on of course, but you can still see like yeah. something happened. My friend was like, it's time to do something now. And uh, this is what it looks like. I, I wanted to dedicate something to my father in his name because I've come to terms now. He's my ancestor. What happened on earth is outside of my hands, right? What happened that wasn't Gucci is outside of my hands, but I wanted to dedicate a book in his honor to his name and understand how can I go 30 years without having any, you know, empathy for a man that looks like me, but I have students, hundreds, that go through the same things he went through. Right. In and out of juvenile hall, in and out of school, in and out of shelters, homeless, on drugs, why do I feel like so much for them? But the same guy that passed away who was going through the same years 30, 40 years ago, I kept bad an eye. So I had to write about it. And I took everything that I've been experiencing for 30 plus years, teaching in the Bay Area, um, kind of going through life with this skin and these eyes, and I wrote it from this perspective in dedication to my father, but acknowledging all my students that have reminded me, you know, we belong to each other. And this work really kind of emphasizes it's not really about me anymore. It's about telling these stories and changing the narrative on them so that people are called to action. Right. So we're reminded, yo, like on some Asada Shakur, like it is our duty Absolutely. to fight for our freedom. It is our duty to win. We must love each other and support each other. We have nothing to lose but our chains. And this book, if you break your chains, you become unshackled. Right. So that's the premise for the book. That's awesome. That's amazing. So Unshackled, make sure that you guys pick it up. Where, where can we find it right now? It's on Amazon. It's actually on my website. Um, kind of watching you and seeing how you maneuver with, through your career and through your business, seeing how passionate you are about kind of living your dreams. I decided to also live mine. So I also launched off a website. It is my Man. name, JeremyMichaelVasquez.com. And on that website, you can find my, uh, my books, um, Unshackled and the first copy, I mean, the first book I published, Bold, Assertive, and Tender. You can also see my performances for the month or for the rest of the year, some speaking engagements. Um, you can see like, you know, me with my classroom, me with my students. Uh, you can see some of the, um, you know, work my nonprofit does. And more importantly, you can kind of get involved into, you know, what we're doing right now, which is trying to do something as a village. Right. I belong to a justice league in San Francisco where I come in the Bay. I got I got a. You know, artists that are, you know, barbers. We got artists that are pastors. We have artists that are, you know, curating these spaces where we're healing. And we've learned that art can do something. And if we show the youth what it looks like to join up and do something with these skills, writing, speaking, poetry, performing, rapping, dancing, uh, you know, graffiti, then we can do an entire, like, we can bring up the entire community and the entire culture together. So we're doing some real good work out there. And I think that, 
my website, JeremyMichaelVasquez.com promotes all of that. Right, and which, of course, like we'll have all of this in um, in, in the webpage where we bring out the show notes. Mm-hmm. Now, dude, this is this is amazing, and what I what I love so much is that <laughs> ten years ago, ten you years know, ago, when, when today, we met, today. ten years ago, right, ten years ago, yeah. um, w- we joined an organization yes, that did. was based on on bringing service service to our communities and bringing up our communities, mm-hmm. and ten years later. We're continuing that, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're right. Ten years later, we're continuing yeah, that. Yeah. But here's what I want to know: what, what like, know? what with? Okay, so the work that you've been doing right now in the Bay, what have, what have you seen um, to be the biggest issues that you okay. that, that you're facing on a daily basis? Okay. With the work you're doing. So, by the way, I just want to shout out uh, whoever's paying you to ask such great questions. Like, <laughs> stop. Like, <laughs> you, you got the money already. They, he gasses me. I'm feeling real like I'm you know on my first date. I'm old blushing. So. I will say that uh, what I've seen out there that really has affected the community is um, the issue of homelessness. San Francisco is one of the richest places yeah. to live at. We all know, we saw the Super Bowl there yeah. three, four years ago. We all know when people go out there to visit, they're looking at the bridge, you're gonna go and check out this visiting area, but they don't see the blocks of homeless people. Kind of like Skid Row in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. They don't see behind the scenes. They don't see that. They part, see the yeah. bright lights. They see the stage. They see the Warriors. Steph Curry with a shot, boy. They <laughs> see Garado with a touchdown, boy. They see all this hype. They see the lights. They see it's beautiful. It's magnetic. Right. But they don't see the suffering and the hunger and the the gentrification when everyone of color who used to grow up in grandma's house went over to the park when they was young are no longer able to afford that. And they're kicked out on the streets. So you see people like my father, right, who's living 30 years in a tent in the middle of San Francisco, surrounded by other people of color, surrounded by young students who can't get into shelters because they're at capacity. So what I've seen that I've had to struggle with is the homelessness because for me, like, my father experienced that. That's where a lot of our disconnect happened. He couldn't afford life, so the streets swallowed him up. Hmm. These streets are swallowing up our kids before they even get a chance to become men or young women. So um, that's something that I've really had to struggle with. I've actually provided housing for a few students who've had nowhere to go. Like, here, I got a living room. Wow. You know, like, because you're right, it's about the service, right? I'm not going to be up here stepping in the videos, you know, like, and not be out here doing the work, Work. though. Because the founders envisioned us doing this when they created the organization. And, like, for me, whether or not I have letters or not, there's humanity. And seeing people suffer, that affects me. If I have to step over somebody to go get coffee, that affects me. If I have to tell my daughter, look away, there's someone on needles, or you know, blindfold her and have her walk through this world with these rose-colored glasses, I'm doing her a disservice. Mm. So I'm reminded every day that we are tied to a single garment of destiny. And that happens in the homeless community more than anywhere else, the suffering, the hunger, the desperation. You see them going up, sticking up stores. You see them going up to coffee shops, stealing people's iPhones and running out. Not because they want to. And that's right? exactly why. It comes from a place of struggle. When they're, when they're disenfranchised, right? When they live in certain places where you wouldn't even send your kid down, let alone, you know, walk past. They live in these places. So for me, I think the biggest struggle is the hunger, the homelessness, the gentrification, um, the marginalized community. Uh, the institutional racism, the school-to-prison pipeline. I can keep going and going and going because I see it every day. Right. And it takes, a, it takes a chunk out of me every time, but I'm fully aware, like, I wasn't put here on accident. Like, there's no way that I haven't been inspired by all my mentors, all my brothers. Right. No one would go in these places unless they were prepared. Right. And I have been, you know, groomed my whole life to be an activist and, you know, to do something so that years from now, this world is better than it was when I came in. Man, that's so powerful, man. That is so powerful. And what, because I know we were moving, uh, we were living in, in L.A., for, we were living in L.A. for a while. <laughs> and then I saw you, you move and you yeah. started doing all this work. Yeah. Now, what made you decide, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to take that leap? Because you, th- I know you Woo! took a leap. Leap, bruh. So it was a pistol grip pump. I like went over here with it and like, you know what I'm saying? I went all the way over there with it, right? I went center stage. So when I was in Los Angeles, it's a great that we're having this conversation because right. we're being very honest in the yeah, space. Man, yeah. There were anybody here or nobody here. You'll still get the same version of me. Yeah. So when I was in Los Angeles, I found myself getting in trouble. After Greek life and after, um, you know, kind of graduating college, Life just kind of, like, you know, you're going through the, 
eighth round, you ain't got hit yet, and then you just got woof, you get, you know, you get that like Tyson blow, mm -hmm. where like you just get up and you kind of stumble again. So I got hit with a death in my family. Uh, my grandmother had passed away. And she was instrumental. She raised me. Um, she was like my coach. She was like my uh, guidance counselor. She was my spiritual shaman, as you want to say. And then she also played like a huge role at my soccer games, my classroom events. I would not be this person without her. So when she passed away, I was like, you know, it threw me under the bus. And I started going down a different path. You know what I'm saying? I was getting in trouble. I was doing things that were uncharacteristic. I went through like 25 years without getting a single arrest, clean mm. record, right? But she was the motivation. When she was, lo was no longer here, I was like, eh, I'm wow. gonna just, you know, I'm gonna turn up a little bit because everybody grieves differently. Yeah, absolutely. So yep. I was very self-destructive during that time and I found myself on house arrest. Okay. And while I was on house arrest, it's always great to find yourself at these low points to see what comes from it. Right, like I'm telling these, you from the low points. These low points, right? Low like points, mm. these are growth areas. So when I was on house arrest for 40 days and 40 nights, I was like, when I get through with this, I'm getting out of LA. Like it was great. I had my fun. I've kind of made some money. I've kind of made a network. But I need to go somewhere else, and I need to start again. I need to get away from some some people. And on house arrest, I wrote my first book, and those 40 days and 40 nights helped me heal. Help me transition my mind state. Help me speak things into existence. Right. So when I was through with the house rest and I had my, you know, little Berkeley's birthday party, I was like, I'm going to go to San Francisco with all the money I make off selling books. We're going to figure it out. Because in San Francisco, I remember growing up around that area as a child and always wanted to go back as an adult and start over as a man. But I ran from that area because my father was always walking around the streets and I was embarrassed. You know, I was young. Course, I course. couldn't deal with it. Like, my dad's coming around asking people for money. Like, I don't know that guy. Ah. Right. Or like, you know, there's just like a certain cloud on you. You, gotta, you can't really live with. So you run from it. And college helped me become a man. The fraternity that we joined also helped me with my perception of brotherhood and also about, like, service. So I thought after this incident with my, you know, ankle bracelet, it's time to make that leap. It's time to grow into those shoes that you have been waiting for you. It's time to be greater than what you suffer. And I thought that would be a great time to start that. Right. So I moved to San Francisco with a couple hundred dollars and a lot of goals and a lot of manifestation. And here we are having this conversation. Jeez, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Heavy. It's real heavy. You know, it's, it's, it's great that you, that you share this because, like, we were just talking about, you know, how I got started with this podcast, too. Yes. And it's the in most interesting thing happened things happen from a low point. Yes. Like it's it's the low, I'm telling you, the low point is where the magic is. But it's also because you made a choice. Yes. In that low point. Yes. And I made a choice in that low point. Yes. But I know that a lot of people don't make the choice. Yes. Mm. So <laughs> it's to, to me, it's like, I, I, I'm just not sure how to get to the people who are still in a low point and haven't found the courage. Uh to make it, to make the right choice, to take them out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, that's, that's been my biggest concern. It's like, what, what, like, what do you feel, what do you feel we can say or do for people um, to empower them to do so? I think we have to remind them. I think it comes with these affirmations of, yo, it's okay. We've all like stumbled. We all yeah. make mistakes. I think we have to be reminded like, that we are more than what we have become. Yeah. You know that scene in Lion King when Mufasa comes in the clouds. Yeah. Remember, like, you know, <laughs> and I'm, just, you know, I have nothing. I can't, I can't even do Jeremy's it justice. Jeremy's so animated. I can't do it justice. But you've seen the Lion King, the animated version from Disney. Everybody knows that part. Yeah. The first black movie, by the way, these are black characters yep. that became Disney characters. Whatever. So you know, in that scene of of Lion King, Mufasa, played by James Earl Jones comes from the clouds and tells Mufasa, like, bro, you're out here Akuna Matata and like, you a king, bro. Yeah, yeah. You Remember. a king. Remember. Remember. Remember where you come from. You feel me? Hmm. Like, you might be chilling right now and, you know, kind of living life and, you know, you might have been derailed, but remember whose son you are. You are the son of a king. And I think for me, when I was going through my struggles, I had to remember, like, yo, like, your grandmother was an immigrant from Trinidad to Tobago. She came from a shithole country. She had nothing. Right. You had the privilege 
of going to a university. You had the privilege of being able to see books in your house, of seeing instruments in the living room. You had the privilege of, of being exposed to black excellence. How dare you forget that you stand on shoulders. Mm -hmm. So I think I had to remember like, oh man, like, oh, this ain't really, this ain't reflecting the right way. Mm -hmm. And I had to hit that place where I could see the mirror. Like, yo, this, I talk about my friends, I talk about my mentors, I talk about my role models. Why am I nowhere, like why have I went all the way over here on this road where I knew what they would expect and I deserve better than this. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like I deserve to remind my daughter when she's older what adversity looks like. I deserve to be an example for my students because you know whether or not I think about it, they watch us. Our youth think we're superheroes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they see you and think you're the Hulk, but they probably <laughs> on, see man. me, you know, like, you look like, you know, whatever. But the things we do, our footsteps shake the ground. They do. When you do something that's big like this, like, you know, this, this project, this podcast, this alpha, like, whenever you do something, you make it acceptable. You give people permission to follow their dreams. Mm -hmm. So I, I think for me, it was like, oh, dude, like, I thought you were going to be an example. I thought you were going to take the baton and run with it. And I'm over here stumbling with it. And that's okay, life happens. But when you get reminded, when you start to remember where you come from, the kingdoms that we come from in Africa, when you're aware of the family lineage, of the struggles your mom and your dad and your family made for you to be sitting here, right. then it starts to get a little more personal. Yeah. And that fire gets lit again. And when that fire is lit again, you just kind of get more clarity. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think, I know that that's for sure what uh, has kept me going is that, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm. I mean, I'm definitely grateful. You know, I I can call my dad right now and talk to him. You know, oh, yeah. um, but even when I was in my low point, I did have a conversation with him, and I mean, it got to a point where, man, I, you know, my business took a big hit. Mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't even pay for rent sometimes. Yeah. Like it was, it, it got real. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. It, oh, it got, it got, it got it very real. real. Yeah. Like when you're an adult. <clears throat> I'm like, yo, what's going on, right? <clears throat> so. But my dad, um, it's interesting what you said, and, and that's why this is so important, is that he reminded me, son, remember who, who you are. Like, remember who you are. Remember what you come from. Mm. And he didn't say that specifically, but that's what I got from when yep. he talked to me. Mm -hmm. Like, dang, like, yeah. this is who we are. Yeah. So now I, I do feel like it's remembering that it's like, uh, I got a little more, I got way more that, that I'm made of. Yeah. And that's why I feel everybody, like our people, we are made of so much substance. There's so much stuff, substance. And so it's like, we have to, whatever we gotta do, that's what I'm just thinking, whatever we gotta do to make sure that people understand that, that's what we need to be doing. And that's the point of this. And I feel like that's the point of Oof. your book, too. That's also another point of your book. Yes, yes. It just so happened that it came from a specific experience. A place. Yeah, yeah it came from a specific experience. Yeah. And, you know, it's really funny. You said something like what you said right now, actually, about coming from experiences. And I feel like for you as well, like, I think, you know, I've known you for 10 years now and I've seen you develop into the man you are. And I've seen you start from, you know, this idea mm -hmm. of wanting to do better, right? And then taking that idea and running with it and believing in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And then manifesting all of your beliefs, like no longer, you know, sleeping on yourself. Right. Right? Like right. we go to work for all these people, right? And we <laughs> serve them all day. Master, you need something else? Like overtime? Like when have you got overtime on yourself? Yeah, exactly. When have you stayed up and been like, no, I'm going to finish this because this is for me. Mm -hmm. And I think when you are able to go there, because you have to go there. As a people, you have to decide to wake up and say, I want more. Right. And I will not sell it for less. There's no going back to who I used to be. Right. When you woke up and said that, that's how all this happened. Yeah. And that's why that's when you told exactly. me this was happening, before I even heard from you, I saw it. I'm like, oh, whoa, I'm on the ground. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, I know him. <laughs> Telling my students, yo, come over here and check this out. Like, if we're gonna turn up, I'm gonna turn up on a show. <laughs> and like, when he told me to come, I was like, or you gave me the option of doing the uh, podcast online or Skyping, and I was like, no, you are worth more than that. For what you have given, I feel you should be reminded you are worth that drive, that plane ticket, worth that hotel. I will come out here and I will personally take time out of my life to support your dreams. Amen. Because that's heavy. When we step out on faith like that, that's why we are sent right. to remind each right. other we belong to each other. You can't do this alone. Yeah, I know. And can't. I can't do this nope. alone. 
When we link up, man, we get ice cold in this yeah. thing. Like, you know how that goes. You've seen the shows. You've seen the Long B Step shows. You a champion. You know how this goes. You were around five or six brothers that have invested. Yeah. And have each other's back. Oh, yeah. But it's a spirit, it's a spiritual thing, man. It's it's a heavy, spirit, man. yeah. Heavy, dude. Heavy. <laughs> no, I love it. I appreciate that, man. And yeah, you did take the time. You did take the time to come out here. So wait, okay. So about your book. Yes, sir. I know I asked you to read a part of it. Yes, sir. There's a part of it I want you to share. Please share it. Okay, so Please share it. I mean, I was I was going back and forth in my mind as you were speaking right now. <laughs> and like, I, I think we just changed it based off what we said. Okay, based okay. So one of the major things about this book is it's bigger than me. So I wrote this to remind people, hey, knock, knock. When I was here, when you were here, no matter where you're at, you're not alone. And what you are made of should you know, do a, a vital part of that reminder too, like you are made of something. This piece is called Metallicized. It is the last chapter in my book. When I go to juvenile hall centers, I perform this for them because uh, when you're locked up, it, it sucks, right? Like when you are, You've been criminalized your whole life, and then you grow into a system, a school district, any school, where you're seeing yourself mm. only told in the history of European settlers when you've been conquered your whole life, and enslaved, right. chained. It's hard to see yourself out of that. So I wanted to end my book with like a reminder, like, amidst all these things we go through, because if you look at the table of contents, like, you start off from marginalized, Disordered, uplifted, gifted, unhinged, immortalized, incarcerated, journeyed, shipwrecked, juxtaposed, resurrected, inspired, influenced, reparated, exiled, entitled, gentrified, unbridled, elevated, but we end it metallicized. And this tells a lot of the story, right? Storytelling. So this is what I'm gonna perform or read. It's called Metallicized. I need some more water. <laughs> You got me up here turning up on a Friday. Same, bro. Black History Month. Lit! Lit. Remember, you are metallic too. You have a heart of gold, and no matter how much they drag your name into the dirt, you can never be defaced. When you feel the humidity is low, when you're experiencing high winds, clog your ears of the evacuation warnings, remind the devil that you are the storm and you are strong enough to withstand any obstacle put in your path. You are the captain of your soul. <laughs> and you will not be chauffeured in a casket door on the highway to hell, no. See, diamonds are made from intense heat and pressure, and you are too rare of an earth element on the periodic table to ever be buried alive. Yes, you will not rot behind bars despite every statistic that tells you that you will because you are rust resistant. You are stainless steel. And no matter what you have done that you cannot wash your hands of, you will always be certified platinum. Understand, they will try to group us together. Paint a picture of you that will never do you justice. But you are both the brain and the bronze in every circumstance. You are Psalms 23, which is why it's important to shepherd your thoughts. Your words are Goliath. You are the sword and the stone. The stone, the builder refused. You are lithium. Your refusal to sink is a sheer example of your titanic proportion. You are not something that can be kicked around like aluminum cans in the playground. You are the alkaline and batteries that keeps going and going and going. Although it seems so palpable that those who hold power give us a hand and dig in our own graves handing out life sentences to us that men who come from money only receive slaps on the wrist for while we are still trying to figure out where our families come from. Don't think just because you are scouted from the instance you were created that you can only engrave your name in a gridiron, that just because your body looks like it was chiseled from marble and the only place you've ever been cheered for in public is in a stadium that's the only arena of expertise. See, you are the alchemist. You are the alloy of mercury and uranium with the potential to electric slide or moonwalk because you are metallic. As long as you know joy is the most magnetic power in the universe, you'll understand that your happiness is a much needed break from tragic hashtags and headlines. You are the silver lining even when your head is filled with clouded judgment. So I will pull out all these stops to remind you of the calcium in your teeth or the iron in your blood, whatever it takes until you realize you are made of the same substance as the stars above. 
So we out here just one day at a time, mentality. One, <laughs> one day at a time. One day at a one time. One day at a time, though. Awesome job, man. Thank you. And and that's and that's the end of it. That's the end of it. Wow. Yeah. Let that resonate. I think I think it's important too, because you were speaking earlier about you know what we're made of? Like if you know where we come from, if you know what we're made of, then you would never sell it for less. You'll never allow yourself to be treated as less than. Like, right. and I feel like right. when you are aware of what's in your blood, your DNA, like Kendrick Lamar, right? We got, we got, we got, we got, we got greatness in our DNA. When you are reminded of this, like, it's like, yo, you kind of walk like a little different. Like you kind of, your whole mindset changes. And I think that's the main thing I want to do with my art and my work and really my life is to kind of like instill that reminder, that affirmation that we are more than what we suffer and that, um, you know, we belong to each other because we can't do it alone. Right, we can't. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Thank you for sharing that too. Oh man. <laughs> you 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 done bless me. I ain't I, I still I still gotta go through the old book. <laughs> oh bruh. Man, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's great. So I have another question for yes, you. Yes, sir. So now I mean, based on everything we've talked about or outside of it, yes. What's something that you uh, that you believe people need to know? that they're, they might be missing? I think that uh, we should be reminded in that one chapter I talked about, we are the captain of our souls. We're the master of our fates. We create our destiny. Yeah. I think a lot of times we grow up with these, um, these victim mentalities where like, you know, it was rough at home or it's rough at school. Nobody hears me. Nobody really understands me. And I think um, we as a people, we as a human being need to be reminded like the keys are in your hand. Like one of my favorite books is The Alchemist. Yeah. And um, for those that haven't read it, it's amazing. Um, but it, it's a mirror of the movie Aladdin from Disney again, where this genie is granting all these wishes, right? The genie is a metaphor for what you say, what you speak, how you live. You create your magic lamp. What you do in your life is a reaction of what you believe. And I feel like for me, what I try to teach my youth especially, because they come in there defeated. Of course. They in fifth grade like, yo, I don't even want to be here no more. Like they go through at high school when I find them, they're like, yo, like, what can you do? Like, right. what can you do now? So they're resigned. They, they, they signed white yeah. flag. Yeah, they're done. All up here like, yep. I'm it's so young. So young. But they quit. Like they throw in the towel like, what you mean? Well. I got this on my record. I've been through this household. My teacher said this. I'm like, okay. What this sounds like is you have the ability to lift off. Mm -hmm. With all these things holding you down, when you finally say enough, woof, like those setbacks, oh man, this this rebound game, bro. You're about to, <laughs> about you're to, about to blow up. And I, right. think, I think it takes us um, as really like, the, you know, almost like we're becoming who we prayed for our whole lives. Me and you now are reaching that age, right? Yeah. We are the mentors. We are the examples that we read about when we were younger. What you're doing is creating a trail. You are a trailblazer. Harry Belafonte told me when I was in college, now go back and do something with these houses on fire. If you have escaped them, go back and do something about them. And I think what I do more than anything is remind them or remind our youth, remind our people like, yo, get that dust off, pop that collar again, look at yourself a little differently because we have a job and if you're failing at anything, right. if you're hurting, if you're hungry, that hurts me. Cause again, we're tied. Like there's no escaping you. If no, I walk no. past you in the street and I see you one step away, you somebody's son. You could be somebody's, you know, family friend. I don't know how we are sent in this universe to only make ourselves wealthy and successful and forget the bigger picture. Yeah. Like every life matters. And especially when I am in a place in the world where I see so much suffering and I see so much like, I see people who have given up on themselves before they're even an adult. And I think it's important for us, since we've, get, we've got ourselves out of these holes, we've got ourselves to this next level in life, is to go back and remind people they can take control, but they have to see it first. Yeah, they have to see it first. I, I think you and I are becoming, you know, representations of entrepreneurs that is everything. Yeah. And when you see what it looks like, it's easier to believe. Absolutely. So when I'm saying it's really you making your own choices and I'm like backing it up, when I'm out here backing it up, 
when my actions speak louder than my words, then like, I think that's what's really important. I think that's what we need to do. Um, I don't really care how much money you got in your pocket, how many shoes you got in your closet. I ain't caring about how many ladies you walking with right now. That's not, yeah, that means that, nothing that, to that, me. That, that doesn't do impress anything. me at all. Right. What you're doing for my people, though? How are you helping this community? When people out here are suffering, what are you doing to kind of end a little bit of that suffering? And I think we as activists mm. and we as entrepreneurs, we owe it to ourselves to go back in these houses on fire and do something. Right. Because at the end of the day, how you've gotten to where you've gotten is not on your own. Man, and right? Same for me. Same for me. Yeah, I've gotten because I've reached this point in my time now as and as of recent because you've been willing to come out mm. and, and bless me. Man. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so so of other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that but that's how this works is, is it, it happens because we're all whatever we're creating, we're all helping each other inside of that creation. It happens with interdependence. That's what I believe. Yeah. And that, but that's the truth. And and, I, you know, being being also Nigerian. Yeah. As, I mean, most of us walking around here are actually West African by, <laughs> by the way. Did you know? By the way. Snapple by the way. Snapple. Just so you know, by the way. But it's it really does take a village to raise a child. Yeah. It's, it's not on it's not on you for your own success. Yes. Now you gotta start it. Yes. But it, it really is based on us for to select people to mm. under to look continue mm. to look at our community and to bring people uh, up. Like that's what I truly believe. And you were given two hands, right? One for helping yourself, one for helping others. Mm -hmm. So it kind of works well if you look at the actual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you break it down yeah. to actually the way that you're set up, like yeah. biologically, there, there you go. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So I want to know some of the stories that you've like stories of success. If anything comes to your mind in, in terms of like for what the the work you've been doing with the kids. Mm -hmm. What give me a story of success that, that has Got come you. from the work you've done. Got you. So. Um, I, I taught, I can give you a few, because you feel me, like, when you're a teacher, when you're an educator, when you're of color, there's already this, like, you attract attention. Of course, yeah. You know, when you're built like you out in L.A., yeah. I already know, <laughs> Come you on, know, bro. I already know you Come be, on, you Come know, on. soaking some of that Come up. On, so, when I'm placed in San Francisco and I'm an educator and I'm working in classrooms with, with and I had an entire class of young black boys uh, at Mission High School in San Francisco, I taught a program called African American Male Achievement. I'm surrounded by 100 black boys a day. I see them all day. Beautiful, man. They see my letters all day. They see me walking in there with a smile on my face. No matter what's going on in yeah. personal life. Can you, can you toss us the letters real quick? Just so oh, we can have Oh, toss me that. Ooh, yeah. Just th th throw me that white jacket right here. You toss me the letters? I'll just, you know, I'll take it off record. So, yeah, so when you come so into the classroom see. wearing this, right? When you walk in That's the classroom us. with this, when they see all these things in the back, when they see it's ice cold, right? When they see all this, they got like, oh, I ain't never it's seen okay. that before. What'd that do? Huh? Like, you feel me? Like, imagine <laughs> Steph Curry coming to class with a jersey, but you don't know who Steph Curry is. But you see the jersey. You're like, how you get that jersey, mm -hmm. bro? Like, mm -hmm. what you do to get that? Who you, who I got to talk to, right? Right. It, it creates like right. a, a, a right. curiosity. And when I come in there with a good attitude, right? When I come in there with my letters, when I come in there sharp, when I come in there... You know, with my hair out, braided up, like they're just, they're just like, what is going on? This man is in the classroom. What are you doing here? And I was sent there with a clear purpose: mm. engage, encourage, and empower. So I took these young students when I first got to school, who um, I had been hearing about. Just you know, the students at mission. You know, these you know they're great athletes, but. Their behavior, I got the constant reminder. They're a little be, disruptive. Yeah. Uh -huh. They're a little loud and feisty. I'm like, perfect. I want them all in my classroom because I was told the same things. But nothing was wrong with me. That was just my past makes it hard enough to sit still. So if you know where we come from, right? Right? If you know where we come from, then that mm. requires healing. Yeah, if that requires all. some extra work. That's all. Hmm? That's and that might be out of your, your, you know, scope. Your scope. It is. It's out of yeah. And, and, I mean, how? And, and like they're not getting paid for that. It's the overtime, right? Like, so I, I'm in these spaces with these students that are like first week of school. They're like, yo, I don't know what you doing here, who you came for, but ain't one of the students told me ain't nothing good about being black. I don't know. It's class. I'm taking it because I have to. But name me one good thing that ever came from being black. Wow. I'm like, I'll wear some letters for you. I'll wear some letters. Uh, I'll bring some of my friends into the classroom. 
I won't talk about it. I'll bring them. So I shouted to the universe, yo, I got, I'm teaching this class. I'm going to teach them curriculum about, you know, West Africa and where we come from and the pyramids. And I'm going to teach them about some, some Black Panthers from Oakland. You know, we're going to turn up a little bit. This ain't going to be slavery over no, and over yeah. and over and over and right. over and over and over. No, 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 no. This ain't that. We about to empower you now. We about right. to tell you about how great you are. The Harlem Renaissance. We about to put you on game, freshman. <laughs> hey, senior. We about to turn up, finally. I so like this. It was such a big thing because I called all of my students kings. On their first day of class, I was like, you're a king in my class. You're a king in the hallways. You're a king when you go home. No matter what you've been told or what you've been through, we changing that word that you use in the hallways. Because we've been called these words. We only live up to what we respond to. Exactly. So if I go by nigga all day, I call my best friend my nigga, then I, we already have a problem, and I'm going to help you change that perspective. Change that. So mm. first day of school, they're writing king down on every assignment. They call themselves king. They, and then you see a little... A little change in the posture. We start doing these affirmations where they come into class and we do, you know, like someone new start an affirmation, like say what you are, say who you are, right? Start drilling in the message of creating your own universe, your own platform. I'm going to have you write down what you want to be known for. I'm going to put it on the wall in the school so you can see every day you are now the same people you admire. Oh, look at him on the wall. Look at this guy. Look at this star. That's you now. Let's start taking a little bit of this, pers this, pers this perspective and shifting it. So you see yourself the same way you admire other people. Let's have you go hard for yourself the same way for the people you don't know. And then within a couple of weeks, it didn't even take that long. Within a couple of weeks, they come in there, shirts and ties on Fridays. If they don't Ooh, got it, if they, I like that. If, if they don't got it, I got my people throwing in shirts, throwing in ties. I got people coming there and we're doing freestyle Fridays. People come in there and stepping. People coming in there and they have one thing in common. They look like us. See? So That's then it starts to register like, yo, it's kind of lippy in us. We get to the end of the year, end of the year or end of the first semester. I got KQED like, yo, we've been hearing some rumbling in your school about this program. Like it works with black boys and uh, we're hearing that there's some differences. There's some changes. Like, yeah, you know, come out and check it out. We're not scripting it, though. Come in and watch class live. So they came on the finals week of the first semester and the videotaped us. And at that time, I'd given them assignment. The final was get up in front of all of us for a minute, and I want you to speak about coming from your community, coming from where you're from, what do you feel has been like something that has made you most proud? And when they went up there, they really talked about what they had been through and what the classroom had reminded them to do when they're back there now. So when they see things that happened before and they were just bystanders, you have a duty now, King. Yeah. You got a duty now. And they would speak about what they had done and what they were doing and they would break down and they would cry. They would let walls down in front of cameras and each other and they would be like see-through. That's beautiful. And you would yeah. see them affirm, clap, hug. You're like, what is this? It's a love fest. <laughs> like, who it is? Who is this? Right? And the cameras are like getting it all. I'm like, yo, whether or not they hear or not, like, Look. this is what life looks like when we come together and we start believing each other and we start living out a Sardar Shakur's chant of where we must love each other. We must protect each other. We must support each other. That's what it looks like. So by the end of that first semester, they're on a KQED special. 40, 50,000 views within a couple of days. Their names are on the walls of the school. They're walking around and, you know, people are like, yo, what's gotten into them? I'm like, they had to just get a little reminder. That's it. That's, That's all it, it is. And nobody go and get the little Space Jam juice and give it to them and say, <laughs> hey, it's halftime, drink this. It just takes some affirming. And they have to see it to believe it. So that's one of my best stories because that boy who said on the first day of school, name one good thing about being black, by the end of that semester, not only was he in a video, he was interviewed and they asked him what's good about being black and he had about a minute of things to say. So, I mean, you know, we just, actions, when the actions match the words and the work, you know, like, oh, glory to God because, like, you know, I, I had to go through this to be here. Right. I couldn't be doing this without going through some things and experiencing it firsthand. And I always wanted to be someone, or I always wanted to have someone that did these things, but I just finally said, you know, I'll be who I needed. Like, right. now's a good time. While I'm here, while I still got it, while I'm still passionate, let me go out here and pour myself because um, I've been way too blessed to not get back. And I feel like there's a special need for us as young people of color to be aware that we are someone superhero. And when we do something, right. anything, we give permission to others to do it too. 
Right. Oh. oh, dude. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. I mean, okay, so <laughs> it's just, it's just, this is just amazing because people, this, and you've already stated this, I'm just restating it. People need to see an example. Mm-hmm. That's at the end of the day, people just need to see an example. You just so happened to take it one step further mm-hmm. and to be in our community. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've been able to do something like you, you changed, you've changed that small group of boys. Mm-hmm. They'll, re- they'll remember that forever. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a basis of which they continue to go on about life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just what we need in all of our communities. Now, because I don't know that anybody, that everybody would be able to do exactly that. What would you say? Like, what's your advice for the, those of us who are on a, a, a good path, mm-hmm. who can be an example, mm-hmm. to make the biggest impact they can make mm-hmm. for us to move forward? Mm-hmm. My biggest advice would be to champion somebody. Everybody needs to be championed. And right. by that, I mean, who have you helped today? When you woke up today, instead of thinking about, oh, how can I get this money? How can I go out here and shine? How can I get these likes on the gram? How can I make my ex jealous? You know, instead of these simple, you know, conversations like, oh, who, who did I see on Snap last night? Wake up and ask yourself instead, what can I do to help someone today? So if that means going down the block and seeing someone who um, is out there with, you know, their little can, give them a dollar. Don't think about what they're gonna do with it. Just pay somebody for it. When you're on the bus and you see somebody wilding out a little bit, be like, hey, you cool? You all right? Talk to people. When people are going through things, um, it takes really one person to help them. And I think we grow up in such a lane, right? This, yeah. this country, this world really has made it clear, like, it's all about you. Get this money, stack up, you know, the American dream, right? Come in here mm-hmm. and just take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's not how our country, we didn't, that's not how it was. We were thriving because right. we took care of each other. You know, like everybody ate, B, everybody. And I think we as, you know, young people, and we as, you know, um, older people, just giving someone advice, giving someone encouragement, um, getting a chance to like really be in LA for the past couple of days. You know, I've seen a lot of youth and I just like, you know, hey man, that's a nice outfit, right? You know, just break these like, oh, what? Like affirm somebody, yeah, affirm yo. Somebody, like, yo, yo, you out here looking like you about to be out, you know, getting <laughs> getting like, sending the IG traps and it's all black, bro. Your followers gonna go up. Like, when you affirm people, like it just passes that it energy. Does, and does. like, when we are able to affirm others, help others, that's how you see things happen. Like, that's how real, like, I, there's no president that will make this world better. Like, it is small acts of kindness that will make this world better. It is love. And there is no, it's not a secret recipe. Like, Bob Marley had a right. Like, there are so many artists that I listen to in the same message besides in their music. Like, we are a broken people. How do you heal people? Love them without an agenda. So that's it. Like, if you ain't got a lot of money, Gucci. But you do got a heart and you do have two hands. And it would not require too much work to go help somebody out over there that could probably need to be told, on some Tupac, hey, keep a chin up. Like, you know, like, it's not a lot to ask for. And I think we as people, when we are out here stacking, grinding, we forget sometimes to look behind and reach back. So that's the simplest thing I could really offer for advice. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect, man. So, Jeremy, how do we find you? How do we find you online? So uh, you find me. Uh, you you, you find mentioned me- the site. You can find me in the streets. You feel me? Like, I ain't up here, you know, taking selfies in the mirror all day. I'm in the streets. You know, I'm out here really like out here, out here. But like, um, you can find me on jeremymichaelvasquez.com. Um, you know, I think um, that's kind of my best, my best way to reach me. Um, also, if you're ever in the Bay Area, I live in San Francisco. I'm not too far from the bridge in Oakland. Um, you can find me on social media, Jeremy Michael Vasquez on Facebook. And on Instagram, if you know French, you can find me, Mami Jador, M-A-M-I-E-J-A-D-O-R-E. And really on these websites and really um, from my real life platform, all I really do is post um, the things in my community, the work in my schools, uh, people that are doing amazing, I'm always kind of shouting them out too. Like what I really create, what I've created now is a network where this is what it looks like when we help each other. Like it's, it's nothing but like black excellence to be honest with you. And if you were a fan of that, and you know, also like for me as an artist, like my 
art is a reflection of what's happening right now. Yeah. Like my art reflects societies. My poetry, my nonprofit, uh, Basilia, which I mentioned earlier too, but you know, finding out you can start a nonprofit with young artists that are struggling, young youth. Remind them of their talents and let them see what it looks like. Right now I have 16 through 24 year olds in San Francisco that are using art to empower communities, going to schools, going to juvenile hall centers, um, you know, doing woke shops. Like you have these young youth that have taken the baton right. that, you know, see what I'm doing in my community. And through the grace of God, they've kind of, you know, joined the fight. And they're like half my age. And you're like, dang, you out here really, you out here really <laughs> slaying. Like, yeah. You making moves. You over here signing up. You getting all this record. You performing in front of, you know, this entire audience. You selling out this arena in Bayview. You got Tali Kuali coming over, performing after you. Like, so, I mean, at the end of the day, like, uh, on all of my websites, my whole platform, my real life is a reflection of, like, what I love the most, and I love to see my people doing good. Issa Rae, shout out. I'm going to do it right there, like, <laughs> if, if you haven't seen the shirt, I'm going to let you see it. I'm rooting for everybody black. Shout out to Issa, shout out to Val, shout out to everybody that I know that also is doing that through their actions. That's awesome, man. Well, dude, thank you. I just want to acknowledge you, man, for your service, dude. <laughs> thank you for your service. Thank you for being bold. Thank you for making the choice, um, taking the leap, because it takes a lot of freaking courage. Like yeah. it, it takes it takes a lot of courage. And look at what's happening though as a result of that. Yeah. You know, and I think I can attest to it with my journey. And what's cool is our journeys are gonna look a little different, but I believe that it all is for the same purpose. It is. It's all for the same purpose to learn what we need to learn uh. to be able to uh, move forward and bring others with us. Like mm. that's what it's about. So, dude, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for not waiting till February to make Black History. You're doing it every day. Every day, so, man. That's what it's about. Too, bro. <laughs> that's what it's about. We're here. Oh, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys once again for tuning in to an incredible episode. I'm so proud of Jeremy. That's my boy. <laughs> that is my boy. So, I, I just, I'm glad that we got to sit down and to do this, especially on a month like this, to celebrate. You know one another and i've known the guy for 10 years so this has been it's been great to see his journey as well so make sure that you guys uh leave a comment let us know what you thought about this episode um you know you can go to thinkalpha.net uh forward slash zero one eight this is where the episode lives so you guys can see show notes how to contact him how to also uh, reach out to him as well as even get his book unshackled once again Okay, so let us know what you guys thought about this episode. You guys know how to find me on Instagram. That's at Val Ewudo, uh, V-A-L-E-W-U-D-O. And of course, you guys, let's keep pushing. Let's keep grinding. Let's keep breaking these barriers. I'll see you guys on the next one. All right? Peace out. <laughs>